Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. Weihnachten, Frohlichen Weihnachten, which is of course German for Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, and it is indeed Christmas Day. Hooray! Happy Christmas, Al. Happy Christmas, James. I hope you got everything you wanted and more besides. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, and and to you. Um, and uh, it's your turn to to be reading today. Mm. And what's it going to be? Well, I think kind of inevitably, if you're a regular listener, um, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without some Spike Milligan. Yep. Um, and this is. Spike's uh, Christmas Day is Battery Christmas Day in 1943 in Italy. Um, and it's from Mussolini, his part in my downfall. And it's what they had for lunch and then the show they did. Alf Files Diary. Sergeant Major Griffin and Sergeants wake us with tea and rum. And we're off. My diary. Late Rivali. Don't have to get up. Battery Sergeant Major and Sergeants bring us tea and rum in bed. It was all too much. Give us a kiss, Sarge, I said, as Mick Ryan filled my battered tea mug. You'll kiss my ass," he says. An unbearable thought. All around, smiling gunners are sitting up like old ladies in geriatric wards, grinning. Merry Christmas, they say to each other. We linger over the rum-laden tea. There's a carol service at Regimental HQ at 1100 as, if anyone wants to go. Why not? It's Christmas, the season of goodwill. Nobody went. A regimental parson in a barn merrily sang the first Noel all by himself. Fried eggs and bacon for breckers. Wow. The morning was spent fiddling around with the stage and props. All seemed set. We then concentrated on thinking about Christmas dinner. I will eat mine very, very slowly. I want it to last as long as possible, said Gunner White. They say there's tinned turkey on the menu, I said. How do you know, said Kidgel, his stomach revolving at the thought. I heard a rumour. Look, mate, said Kidgel, I don't want a rumour of a turkey. I want a real bloody one, Parsons nose and all. So saying, he ran off to practice eating. A detail of layabouts has been rounded up and a long makeshift table laid out in an adjacent barn. It consisted of long planks resting on trestles, blankets for tablecloths. Someone with a sole had stuck thorn leaves into some tins to resemble holly. Battery Sergeant Major Griffin's voice rings in the air. Come and get it! We take off like sprinters and collide as we try to squeeze through the door. Thundering ahead is Kidgel, his legs barely touching the ground. Pounding behind him is Gunner White, his tongue dragging along the floor. The cry goes up, for God's sake, stop Kidgel before he gets there or we'll get bugger all. Like a jigsaw puzzle, we all fit into place around the table. We sat on an assortment of chairs, stools, tins, logs. We are served as is the tradition of the Royal Artillery, by the officers and sergeants. Lieutenant Walker is the wine waiter. Himself having partaken of several pre-lunch drinks, he is missing the glasses by a substantial amount. Gunner Musselwhite has a lap full of white Chianti, and Gunner Bailey is getting red wine among his greens. The sergeants are ladling out tinned turkey, pork, beef, roast potatoes, sprouts, carrots and gravy. None of our waiters are quite sober, and there is an overlap at the end of the dinner when Sergeant Ryan is pouring custard over the turkey. As the wine takes effect, 
the chatter and laughter increase. For Duff, we have Christmas pudding and custard. Hurry up, you buggers, said Sergeant Daddy Wilson. We're waiting to have ours. There seemed endless helpings and unlimited supplies of red and white wine, but it was a long way from the Dickensian Christmas around a log fire in the parlour with Grandma and Grandpa present. However, when you are pissed, all that nostalgia goes out the window. Gunner Smudger Smith stands on his chair and sings, Bang away, Lulu. Bang away, Lulu. Bang away, Lulu. Bang away, good and strong. What you're going to do when you want to blow through and your Lulu's dead and gone? The sergeants and officers are returning, carrying makeshift trays laden with bottles of beer, oranges and nuts. Smudger calls for a toast to the officers and sergeants. They follow more toasts to the regiment, the king and, in fact, anybody. I distinctly heard, gentlemen, the toast is anybody. We gave the sergeants and officers a cheer, and in that order. We left the table looking like Genghis Khan's horsemen had galloped over it. I felt as though they'd galloped over me. There was aught but to sleep it all off. We washed our mess tins in the three separate troughs. Wash, rinse, disinfect, for those interested in detail. These were made from oil drums sawn in half and filled with the requisite liquid. In fact... There was to be a quickie in the concert where Brutas stabs Julius Geezer, then proceeds to wash, rinse and disinfect the murder weapon. Those who had thoughts of getting into Naples were frustrated, as the city was declared out of bounds due to typhus. Merry typhus, some of them were saying. The great moment is drawing nigh. The concert. The audience are arriving early, most of them with bottles of beer stuffed in their coats. The programmes they are reading were as follows. Programme of concert. 1. Introduction. Spike Milligan and Herbs, session number one. Two, Joe Slater, vocalist tenor, as time goes by. Three, Sergeant King, normally known as Ross King, the green eye of the little yellow god. The Royal Horse Hillbillies, otherwise Milligan, Edgington, Files, Kidgelon, White. Five, George Shipman, baritone, shipmates are mine. Six, Jock Webster, Scotland forever. Seven, the greatest item ever. All in scrap, Man Mountain Deans. £1,421, including tin hat and small arms, versus the Barnsley Basher, Rollicking Robinson, £156.5, including truck, less tools, referee, the younger Griff. Eight, community singing, all the old favourites led by Spike. Nine, Battery Sergeant Major Griffin, the ancient Griff, the great mystery. Ten, Douglas Kidgel, songs you all know and hate. Eleven, Reg Griffin, assisted by Ken Deans, Spike number two. Twelve, Lance Bombardier, A. Smythe, otherwise known as Smudger Smith. 13, Sergeant Lawrence, Airburst, by Guinness. 13A, Doug Maddact. 14, Duke Edgington at the piano. 15, Bags of Back Chat from Joe Kearns. 16, Spike Milligan and the Herbs, once again. 17, Leslie Spence. 18, Command Post Follies. Scene 1, the only one, same as before, in the field. Cast in order of appearance, Gunner and Overworked Ack. Lieutenant R.D. Walker, R.A., Sergeant Gunner V. Nash, First Subaltern GFC 1, Lance Bombardier Milligan, T, Second Subaltern GFO 2, Bombardier Keynes, K, Battery Captain Gunner Edgington, H, Battery Commander Lance Bombardier Griffin, R, Two Signallers, Gunner J. White, Gunner J. Keynes, 19, Finale, The Whole Shower, Jogging Along to the Regimental Gallop, Tune of Whistling Rufus, Finis, Note, Blokes attending concert will be searched at door for hand grenades, bad fruit or packets of V's. If M and V is thrown, please retain tin for salvage. The show. The artists are hidden from view behind a screen of blankets that have run the length of the hall. 
Behind it, all the secrets of showbiz are poised to hurl on an unsuspecting audience. The building reverberates to the buzz of conversation. We open with a chord behind the curtains. Then I shout, Ladies and gentlemen, the 19 Battery Christmas Show! The band swings into We're the Boys from Battery D, then switch to our two ocarinas for the Rockamuffina rumba. In the absence of a good finish, the band all shout, Oi! Curtain down, we dash off to change. We hear Gunner Joe Slater in his strangled tenor singing as time goes by. Edgington is left behind to accompany him on the piano. We keep an ear on the song. Moonlight and love songs, never out of date. Songs full of passion, jealousy and hate. I should be singing this, says Kidgel, as he stuck his stringy beard on. Harry will have to be quick, said Files. He's only got the green eye of the little yellow god to change in. Edgington rushes in while Slater is still taking his applause. Where's me beard, he gabbled. We helped him into his gear, and soon he looks like Zeke McCoy of Coon County. Sergeant King is on and getting a hard time from the lads. He was worshipped by the ranks. Was he? Fuck! Came an authoritative Cockney voice from the back. You're on, says Jamjar. Files, White and Kidgel set themselves up on stage. Edgington and I wait in the wings. Ladies and gentlemen, the Royal Horse Hillbillies. Booze, etc. Curtain up. The scene. Three hillbillies seated, drinking raccoon juice and bars sweat from our rum ration jugs. Gales of uncontrollable laughter. Why? Gunner White is showing a pair of testicles hanging in full view from under his nightshirt. Files is paring his toenails with a jackknife. In his hands he holds a dozen three-inch bolts that he drops as his toenails are paired. Kidgel swings his raccoon's piss, spits, and from the back of the hall comes a dang as Battery Sergeant Major Griffin hits an empty 25-pounder shell case. Bang! Bang! Edgington and I let off our blank cartridge muskets. We'd never tried them before. So loud was the explosion that a great gasp of cool bloody hell ran through the audience. At the same time, two tin plates dislodged from the roof and covered us in a pattern of rust. Don't fire any more, said a terrified slogget who was working the curtains. Enter Edgington and Milligan. Kidgel. Why are you two mean? Spit and dang. Spike. We done just killed the bar. Spit and dang. Edgington. Biggest bar I ever seed. Spit. Long pause. Small ting. Spike, that bar, when I seed him, he done growl, so I growls back. He leans to the left, so I leans to the left. He scratches his balls, so I scratch my balls. Then that bar done a shit, and I said, bar, you got me there. I done that when I fussed seed you. A few more gags like that. Then we all sing, ah, like mountain music. Files on the guitar, me and Edgington on ocarinas, Kidgel on the raccoon's piss jar. The music was interspersed with rhythmic spits and distant dangs in tempo, and we went off a treat. Gunner Shipman will now sing Shipmate of Mine, announces Jamjar. He's never seen a bleeding ship, heckles a voice. The curtain goes back to reveal Edgington at the piano in bare feet, dressed as a hillbilly. Shipman has a pleasant baritone voice, inaudible in the low register. He insists on walking about as he sings, causing numerous clink-clanks from the stage. His song is frequently interrupted by hissed whispers from the wings. Keep still! He stops in mid-song to ask the voice what it is saying. Keep still, the floor's squeaking when you walk about. He then continues except that his last position was on the extreme right of the stage. So we have the spectacle of a piano one side, an empty stage and a singing gunner on the extreme right. He is well received. Jock Webster follows with a series of hoary old Scottish jokes. Is anything worn under the kilt? 
Neiman, everything's in perfect working order, etc., etc. To the great mock fight twixt Deans and Robinson, they appeared in Long John's and Plimsoll's. They'd been rehearsing this mock fight for a week, but it was all pointless, as in the first few moments, Deans took a right-hander to the chin that had him groggy, and from then on, Robinson had to nurse him along. The crowd barracks, kill him, call a priest, send him home. The fight went the whole distance and they were given an ovation, especially Deans, who now had blood running down his chin. His parting remark, you want blood, you bastards, well, you got it. Next, I and the mob in community singing. American officers were baffled by songs like I painted her, I painted her, up her belly and down her back. In every hole and every crack I painted her, I painted her, I painted her old tomato over and over again. It's Battery Sergeant Major Griffin now, and he's had quite a skinful and does a conjuring act that to this day neither I nor anyone else understands. He doesn't even remember it. He sat hidden under a blanket, pushing cards out through the slit, asking, What is it? A member of the audience would identify it. Ace of spades! He would take it back inside the blanket and from his obscurity say, So it is. I think he got booed off and seemed well pleased with it. Kidgel next, his old favourite sweet mystery of life, Drygo's Serenade. He has a very good voice. He ought to have it trained, said Edgington, to run errands, added Files. Kidgel had announced himself, I will sing songs you will know and love. Voices of horror from the back. Oh, no! When Doug had finished, the same voice said, I didn't love or know any of them. Behind the stage, Sid Carter has opened a few bottles of wine to celebrate the show going well. We should wait till the end, really, he said, but with this mob, there might not be any bloody end. Edgington is at the piano, playing his own tunes with that grim, bloody look on his face, as if he expected the shot to ring out from the audience. One of the notes went dead on him, and he brought forth laughter whenever he came to the missing note, as he stood up and sang the note himself. Next, from Liverpool, we have a real scouse, Joe Kearns. He tells lots of Liverpudlian jokes like, My old man's got a glass eye. One night he swallowed it. He went to see the doctor. Doctor said drop him, bend down, and he sees his glass eye looking at him out the back and he says, What's the matter? Don't you trust me? After him, the band are on again. We play a favourite of ours, Tangerine, and what in those days was a red-hot number, Watch the Birdie. We didn't go that well because the boys had heard us so many times at dances. The finale was a send-up of Major Jumbo Jenkins in Command Post Follies, in which we took the piss out of him in no uncertain fashion. He was fuming, but put a fixed grin on his silly face. We conclude with the car singing, jogging along to the regimental gallop, to the tune of Jenkins' own favourite, Whistling Rufus. And by God, we got a mighty ovation at the end. The officers came backstage to congratulate us and with consummate skill drink all our grog. We all got pretty tanked up. Long after everyone had gone to bed, Harry and I sat on the stage drinking and rerunning the show. It had been a great night. Now what, said Edgington. Now what indeed. Well, I mean, I... I what I love about this um, is it's like it really is like you're there and you're in on all the jokes. That's the thing I, the sense yeah. Milligan creates of what it was like to be there and how you were all pals and how you were all rivals and how you all and all you, the banter that yeah, goes exactly with it and the, in jokes and yeah yeah and and the other thing that's really striking is in that show is they're obviously at that point 
obsessed with hillbillies and there's the, the, a big part, <laughs> a big part of british squatty humor is is hillbillies and they 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 think hillbillies are funny so they dress up as hillbillies and do hillbilly songs what on earth is going on there um but yes i mean and of course they eat well they're well looked after they're well fed they all they're all drunk and that's that i think is you know when you're when you're trying to explain that um I mean, it's the thing we've talked about all year that, you know, the operational deep pockets that the allies have a Christmas lunch where everyone's got turkey and they all get the day. They all get a proper day off and they get rum for breakfast and everything. That's that's an army that's going to win. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can't put a price on morale. No, (laughs) you just can't. Uh, And obviously it's it's really bad luck for the poor sods who are at the front line and not out of the line like Spike and his mates. Yeah. But if you are out of the line, you might as well. Have a bit of a kind of get, sort of get on it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, it's, I mean, those books are just amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm absolutely, they're fantastic. And as you say, the only, only extract we could have had on Christmas Day. Absolutely right. Right. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Enjoy Christmas, the rest everyone. of it. Yes. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? (laughs) Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts.